Welcome to Making Michaela. I'm your host, Michaela Lacey, a 19-year-old marketing student, marketing intern, content creator, and part-time server. As a young woman who is about to be navigating her 20s, I've realized how confusing the real world can be. So in this podcast, I'll be chatting with experts in topics ranging from wellness to networking and having girl chats with friends from relationships to finding your career path. All to help you and me build our best aligned lives because no, you're not alone. Growing up is hard. I hope this episode brings some sort of value to your journey. And if it does, please don't forget get to rate, review, and follow the show. Hello, and welcome back to Making Michaela. Today's episode is going to be a bit of a shorter one. I did have a guest plan for today, but they fell ill tragically. I do have guests planned for the next foreseeable future. I think I have four already prepped, so be on the lookout for that. But for today, we're going to be doing a solo episode that's most likely going to be a little bit shorter than the average, but who does not love a short episode with really tangible tips? So we're going to get into five networking things that I wish I knew last year. I feel like last year was whenever I really dived into meeting new people. It's always been really scary for me, obviously, but doing this podcast has really eased those nerves because I've met so many more people through this and they've all been amazing. I've made a lot of friends. I've facilitated friendships between people that are on my podcast and it's just been the best time. It's been a great experience. So that being said, there are definitely some negative experiences that I've had and I mean, not to say that some of those aren't my own fault, and that's why we're going to get into the mistakes that I've made. Number one, don't ask, what do you do? Do not go into a networking event and ask, what do you do? The reason for that is one, it's going to automatically turn that person's brain on autopilot. They're going to completely shut off because think about it. Whenever somebody asks you that question, how do you feel? You're bored. You're probably imagining an episode of The Office, like not boring but gray, just not a good vibe. You've answered that question probably a million times. You know what you're going to say. You're not thinking. You're not excited. You're not active in the conversation anymore. The conversation is already done. It's already over. You ruined it. (laughs) Sorry, but it's just not a good conversation starter. And also, it feels like a way to kind of judge where they are in the social order. It's a way to box them in. It makes them feel small. What if somebody doesn't like their job and you ask them what they do, but they're aspiring to do something else or they're doing something else on the side and they don't even talk about it because they just think that you just want another job. It really just gives the wrong impression about what kind of person you are and what you care about. And I feel like you are not trying to come off that way. Of course, nobody's trying to come off that way. And it's something that everybody does, but it just isn't a good conversation starter. Instead, ask, working on anything exciting recently? This is going to open the door to so many possibilities of what they could be talking about. They could be mentioning a best friend's birthday party they're planning, a trip they're planning, a new creative venture that they would have never mentioned if you just ask, what do you do? And now you have so many more ways to connect with this person. Whenever you ask someone if they're working on anything exciting, they will get excited, which triggers dopamine, which makes you more memorable. So this is going to make you stand out and not that we're trying to be better than anybody or blow like the competition out of the water, which I guess maybe sometimes we are, but it just makes for so much better conversation, such a more genuine conversation and a more fun conversation because you're both excited. They're probably going to ask you the same question and you get to talk about whatever you're excited about and who doesn't like to talk about the things that they find exciting. Like that is what lights people up and that should be the first thing that you're bringing to somebody's attention whenever you're meeting them. It's just such a great way. The second tip is to be yourself. This is cliche advice and I got it from one of my own podcast guests. I mean, it sounds silly. Be yourself. Okay, whatever. Like everybody says that, but it's more so that whenever you walk into a networking event, 
what is the performance that you're putting on? Because you're probably putting on a performance. You're probably trying to show your most professional self, just something that isn't authentically completely you. But if you were to walk up to people and act like they're your best friend, per Emmy's advice, complain about something like you would with your best friend, give them something to relate to. It makes you so much more relatable. It facilitates an easier conversation, a more fun conversation, more laid back. It doesn't feel like you're looking for something in that person. It just feels like you're trying to form a connection. And really that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build genuine connections. We don't want to try to climb the ladder or get something from somebody or get a job. You can't be walking into an event or just any networking opportunity trying to get a job, trying to look for someone who's more successful than you and get a contact. It just feels sleazy. It feels wrong. And people know if your intentions are wrong. Like we all have that intuition, especially as women. And we will know if something is off and if you aren't being your authentic self and people can see right through it. So you might as well try your best to be yourself. I know that it's difficult whenever people are uncomfortable. And that can get into our number three which is to do the inner work. I got this tip from the boss of my internship, Crystal, and she brings up a really good point that a lot of times whenever we're at an event, we are scared to go up to people that may be more successful than us or just anybody in general because we haven't done the inner work to feel confident about ourselves. An example of doing the inner work would be, I would start by journaling your core beliefs and insecurities about your conversational skills, your ability to meet new people, your ability to facilitate connections. See what comes up. You might be surprise, you might notice that you're a little bit insecure in your vocabulary or your use of filler words, or you feel like you haven't been able to connect with a lot of people recently. You haven't been able to find common ground. You think maybe nobody will understand your situation. You don't like your job. There can be a ton of things that are holding you back that you aren't even realizing from going up to somebody and starting a conversation because of what may come up. But once you can recognize these things, that's always the first step is recognizing. And then the next would be to try to heal that or change that core belief. Like, no, people will understand my situation. Sure, I don't like my job, but I'm doing this other thing that I really love and I don't need to always love my job. I can just have my job be money. I can just love a hobby. For me, I think that some of you know that I started this podcast because I'm scared of my conversational skills. I've never been a very conversational person. I don't have a big vocabulary. I used to use filler words all the time. My dad used to mock me 24-7. He'd be like, 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 because that was me. And I'm not saying that's bad because in our generation, it is okay. We all use filler words. We all say like, we are similar in that way. So it's not a problem, but two adults his age, it's definitely annoying. And it's annoying that they mock us because who are you to mock me? But Ever since starting this podcast and having to listen to myself talk, I've really gotten better at that. I've also eliminated any stress or nervousness around meeting new people. Whenever I had my first guest on, before I had her on, I was so stressed out. I was so nervous, like disgusting things came out of my body. I was so scared. It was just the worst feeling ever like in my stomach. It was so terrible and it was like that too for a few guests after but now on episode 25 and having quite a few more guests on, I am feeling so good about it. I'm never stressing whenever I'm meeting a guest. I'm always excited in the most genuine positive way. Like of course I was excited before but sometimes there was a negative 
emotion with it because I was just so nervous, especially the whole conversation being recorded. I feel like it's really great to put yourself out there in whatever ways that you can. This is the way that I enjoy putting myself out there. I've wanted to do it for a while anyways, besides the conversational skills, and it just felt like a really good way to facilitate growth for me. So I think that facilitating growth in whatever way you can and thinking on that would be a really good way to do the inner work and figure out what you need to do to be able to go to a networking event and go up to somebody. Because there have been many times when I've been at an event and wanted to go up to somebody, but I was way too nervous, way too scared. I couldn't figure out what to say. I didn't want to even think about what they were going to say back because then I had to think of my response and that was impossible. I've definitely had a lot of situations where that's happened to me. And it's the worst feeling. You go home and you totally regret not talking to that person. It just feels like you failed the event, you know? If we're taking the time to go out of our way, to grow, to go to these events and connect and meet people, facilitate connections, then we need to at least do the inner work before we buy a ticket and drive out to a networking event. It's not that difficult. You, well, I, I won't say that it's not difficult, but physically getting a journal or even your notes app and figuring it out is definitely a free resource that you can do. I kind of already got into number four, but it is to eliminate filler words and get a better vocabulary. As I said before, my filler words were terrible. I constantly said like, I constantly said um, and so, and and so are definitely not as bad at all. It's really just the like for our generation, but it is different because whenever you're trying to network with people that are our age, it's easy to just say like because they most likely talk the same way. Whenever you're talking to a mentor or a potential boss or just someone that is a little bit older than you, it can get redundant. Eliminating filler words does also put you ahead of the competition since most of our generation does use that anyways and really just creates a way better impression in my opinion. Also getting a better vocabulary makes a great impression. Whenever you can speak in not the most basic terms, I feel like it obviously makes a lasting impression. Ways that I would do this is to one, record yourself talking and listen back and just hear how it sounds, hear what you say that you don't even realize that you're saying. I was in a basic speech class. We had to do a presentation. I just remember one kid going up and she would count how many filler words you use. I think he had over 20 likes and she asked, how many times do you think you said like? And he said none. (laughs) And that's like all of our generation, I swear. It's funny and it's not that big of a deal, but I do think whenever you're talking to someone higher up, just being aware of it is good because a lot of us just aren't aware of it. So listening to yourself back can really, really help you understand and be aware of what you're actually saying because you might have no clue. As far as getting a better vocabulary, definitely reading. I just started reading again. I used to be the biggest book nerd ever. Well, not like the biggest. I mean, to put it in perspective, I read like all of the Harry Potter books by the fourth grade. So I was a very big reader, but then I got a Nook and had Instagram on it and I never ever read again, but I just got a Kindle for Christmas. At this date of recording, it's been three weeks since Christmas, and I'm on book number eight. Two of them were novellas, so don't, I can't give myself too much credit, but literally, I'm just reading the Selection series. If anybody's read it, it's so good. It is nothing smart. It's a teenage fantasy, so it's kind of silly how I'm saying that my vocabulary is better, but truly, it is. There's so many words that you wouldn't expect, not 
really difficult ones that you've never heard of before, but just ones that you wouldn't think to use in a sentence. Like, of course, you know that word, but doesn't come across to you to use it in a sentence ever. And if you're reading things that are higher up than teenage fantasy, then obviously you are going to encounter a lot bigger and better words to be used in sentences and networking events. So I would definitely recommend that. This last tip is a little bit longer. I haven't heard anybody talk about this before, but I have had a few situations recently where you go to a networking event or wherever you meet this person and you have a really great connection with somebody, even in some cases like talk for hours. Within these conversations, they may offer you stuff. They may offer you resources. Unprovoked, you didn't even ask for these resources, but it just feels kind of like almost they're taking you under their wing. They're kind of mentoring you, just giving you great resources and being really sweet just because you're facilitating a great connection and you've just had a great time talking together. Then I have followed up with people on sad resources later on and then they get this really bad taste in their mouth. They get completely turned off from the conversation and I think that this is because successful people or people that are just even more successful than you have probably dealt with a lot of people that before, like I was saying, feel sleazy. They're asking for things. They're trying to get something out of you. So whenever you're reaching back out to this person and asking for said resource, even if they offered it to you unprovoked, they're getting that feeling in their mouth of, oh, this is just another person trying to use me. This feels sleazy. I don't want to continue a connection with this person. This doesn't feel right. It really sucks to learn because I am a very genuine person and I go into every situation so genuinely. So I remember just not understanding what happened, but looking back on it, of course, I try to see both sides and understand that that person probably has dealt with a lot of really sleazy people and you coming back and asking for that is probably giving them a bad taste. So if you connect with somebody at a networking event and they offer you a bunch of resources, I would not follow up on it. Maybe even try to form a more genuine connection, a stronger connection, not because you're trying to get these resources, but just because you genuinely like this person. And then later on, if they want to, they can tell you about the resource again, or whenever you think that it feels fit, then you can ask for it. It's the worst feeling whenever you feel like you've really facilitated a great connection, and then all of a sudden they feel like you are just this person that's trying to get something out of them when it's really not the case. It's just heartbreaking and it's something that I really would never want to deal with again ever. So that's why I am sharing all of these tips. Those are my five tips that I wish that I knew a year ago. Because my guests did get sick, this is a last minute episode, it is a bit shorter, but I don't want to get on here and just talk out of my ass. I could be putting in a lot more tips, but I don't really think that they're as applicable as these ones are and as important. So these are the most important tips, in my opinion, that would have really helped me a year ago. And I hope that you feel the same, that they were tangible and that you are able to easily apply them. If you have any similar stories or more tips that you think are even better, definitely let me know. You you can DM the podcast Instagram at Making Michaela, or you can just visit the link in the show notes and I will see you in the next one. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the episode. I hope it brought you value. And if it did, please don't forget to rate and review the show, letting me know any feedback, guests I should have on or topics I should talk about. If you want to stick around, please make sure to follow the show. No review or follow goes unnoticed. And I am so, so grateful for every single one. If you're interested in my content on other platforms such as Instagram or TikTok, they will be linked in the show notes. See you soon.